What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. One, we are live. Hello and welcome to the Legends Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my co-host, Dylan. Hello. And we've got a very exciting podcast for you today and full of all sorts of controversy because mm-hmm. I'm a very controversial person right now. Right. Including a song which shall not be named that derailed this podcast twice now. And caused Brian to not come back. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, let's get into this. So, our main objective today is to talk about the billboard. Oh, man. Yeah, there's there's one of those happening. There's two of those happening, right? You know what? You are correct. There are, in fact, two of them. It's getting out of hand at this point. There are two of them. They're multiplying. Now, they're multiplying. Dylan, tell us about the billboard billboard and what Twin Suns is up to right now. Yeah, so we're going to put uh, another two billboards outside of Lucasfilm. Uh, these ones are going to be a lot closer. I think it's only like a block away than the uh, from their office than the previous one, which was a couple blocks. Um <laughs> They're going to basically ask for a continuation of the Expanded Universe. Um, Dear Lucasfilm, we'd like to ask again, please continue the Legend story. Two timelines, the old alongside the new, because more adventures are great for everyone. And then for more information, go to our website. And then the other one, Dear Lucasfilm, we couldn't buy more new Legend stories, so we bought these billboards instead. And the same, like, subheaders. So yeah, we are at the time of the recording of this podcast. We've raised about three thousand thirty-five dollars of the fifty-eight hundred we're going to need for this, and um, we start on the first. About twenty days, almost three weeks now. We're doing really well. Yes. Stations have kind of petered out in the last few days. I don't know when this podcast is going to go up. Today. So if you haven't donated, uh, please do. Okay. Um... Dylan, can you go into some of the perks for donors? Uh, yeah. Um, so anyone who donates, um, automatically you'll get a link to a, you get a link to a social media badge filter where you can like put in your like your profile picture. Then it gives you like a a thing that like says you're a billboard donor. Donor, you can put that in all your twitters and MySpaces and or whatever the kids use these days. I think it's AOL chat room. Ah, uh, yes. That's my personal it, favorite. Ah, uh, yes. Starting every conversation with ASL. Uh, $3 or more, you get entered into the book and comic raffle. We have about um, we have a few different kind of classic um, books and comics that people, uh, mainly uh, people in Twin Sons have donated that they're going to raffle. We'd raffle off. Uh, however... This raffle will only happen if we make three quarters of our goal, which is $4,350 by October 23rd at um, 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. 
We are currently about 1,300 away from that, so we'd need to do that in about three days. But if we do happen, everyone who donates – that does happen, sorry. Everyone who donates three or more will get entered in one of those. $10 or more, you get in the Wild Knights Discord chat. Uh, we have a Discord server that we pretty much run. It's free and open to the public, but amongst that, we have a Wild Knights role, which gets you access to the Wild Knights voice and text chat, which is where whenever we do a donation event um, for a hospital or a community center or a school or something like that, and we're deciding what books we want to buy, that's the chat we do it in. So it's Twin Sons members and all of our previous donors. Come on and let us know what books you think we should buy and uh, for that, yeah. Uh, $15 or more, you get into an actual – another wrap. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the raffle. Sorry, I'm looking at – the formatting is weird. I saw another image, and I'm like, wait, that's not the prize. Anyway, we're a professional podcast here. Um, we do it live. Obviously. Except, except we don't anymore, but anyway. $15 more gets you into a raffle, which we are, in fact, doing. We have nine prizes, three Shannon McRandall prints that she has signed herself, uh, three Black Series, 3.7, uh, three and three-quarters inch um, Imperial Guards, which have the uh, get-up from the Crimson Empire comics that you can customize them with. And then uh, Dirge, a dark, Phase 2 Dark Trooper, and uh, Kyle Katarn, I believe that last one is. Can't see it's small. Yeah. Uh, $25 or more, Matt will give you access to unli um, unlimited, unlisted videos of him playing Queen's Gambit most likely and probably some other Star Wars board games, but definitely Queen's Gambit. Um, there, is a, there is a caveat on this that this, this will only happen if our plans to steal Matt Wilkins' copy of the Queen's Gambit uh, fails. <laughs> so... It's a very nice copy of Queen's Gambit. There are photos uh, of it, I do believe, actually up on the internet that I've taken of Queen's Gambit. Uh, so we all know that Matt actually has it. Still and I have actually played this copy. Yep. We also had a, um, another $25 perk where after the fundraiser is ended, we will message you about having a uh, little blurb written up, and we have a separate, we have a separate website that's going to do this similar to what we did for the first billboard. So that's there. $50 or more. Um, Matt Wilkins will give you an, a chance to come on to the live Q&A uh, for about five minutes to ask any questions you have. $100 or more. Uh, guest star on um, More Civilized Age, which is a podcast that he does currently with, um, with uh, Christopher Nelson from Christopher Nelson, uh, <laughs> Matthew Wilson from uh, Geeks Attic, and uh, Ryan Kennel from RK Outposts. But, but An awesome hey, show. Awesome show. Yeah, it's a great show. They talk about a lot of, a lot of cool stuff about the EU on there. But I have a question for you, Dylan. Hmm. Does Matt get a cut of this money for the billboard? Actually, no. No. Uh, does anyone in Twin Sons get a cut of the money for the billboard? Oh man, let me tell you. Let me tell you about Twin Sons and us getting getting a cut for things. So, up until this calendar year, Twin Sons founded in 2016. This calendar year is the first year we are actually projected to be in the black when it comes to our budget. 
all in all previous years we have gone anywhere from three hundred to five hundred dollars in the red. Jesus. That that money, by the way, that we lose is compensated for by Twin Sun staff. We donate in we we donate ourselves outside of the actual outside of the actual fundraisers because we want our fundraisers. We want as much of the money in our fundraisers to go as possible to the purchasing of books to the purchasing of billboard as possible we have started a little bit adding like maybe a hundred dollars to a fundraiser just to cover operating costs but most of it goes into the actual fundraising stuff the things like the website fees the renewals for the donations the ssl certificates the various legal fees that we have to pay in order to keep our doors open both as a business and a nonprofit. the uh the fees we have to pay in, in order to keep our mon- nonprofit status and the taxes all of that it has been compensated by twin sons members ourselves so we no we don't make any money make doing twin sons we lose money operating twin sons and it's all we do it willingly so that we can do things like this, so we can bring books to kids, so we can get billboards out there. We're perfectly happy taking a loss on Twin Suns so we can do this. So no, none of us make any money on this. Well, you heard it here f- first, people. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is <laughs> that's just the thing that irks me. Oh, no, it, it irks me, too. That's why I wanted to bring it up on this podcast, because we need to address the elephant in the room here. There is a sect of people on YouTube and on various other social media who claim that the billboard, uh, certain people are taking cuts from the billboard. And that yeah. the this billboard fundraiser is a for-profit venture for Matt Wilkins. And that is simply not the case. So, once again, to these certain individuals, you are wrong. It's not only... It's not only that we... Like, you guys have no idea. When we... All that, that like three to five hundred dollars we were losing, that was just to maintain. You don't have any idea how, or maybe you do if you've uh, done this, how hard it is to open up a business. Because the way it works is that you have to first found the business, like as a business, and then you apply for nonprofit status, and that's how you become a charity. Those two, I want to say Brian spent at least nearly a thousand dollars out of his own pocket just to get all that set up. Just to start us out. So and that was on top of him taking that was on top of him for the first billboard taking having to declare the the money that he that we had raised to the to the billboard as his own income. Even though he didn't even take in that money, he immediately spent it on the billboard and then the remaining two hundred dollars on the books that we uh, donated uh, to the um, uh, Dobson Ranch Library in Mesa, Arizona. He had to declare that on his taxes because he declared that forty five hundred. He got put into a higher tax bracket and had to pay about six hundred dollars more on his taxes because of the first billboard effort. So again, the the fact that any of us are set to make any sort of money on this is compl- is ignorant uh, as to what is actually going on. And Dylan, I don't mind. I don't mean to put uh, words in your mouth here, but wouldn't you say it's despicable? and disgusting that people are saying these things. Yeah. There you have it, folks. 
I think you all need to back the fuck off and just support Star Wars. Simple as that. But I will say that this is going to be the first year that we are looking like we are actually going to break even. And the main thing about this is from um, you guys who have been supporting us through Amazon Smile. That's been a huge help. That's almost completely offset the uh, the cost of uh, almost all of our operating costs. That and the um, $100 we tacked on to the previous two fundraisers for the uh, book drives, the first one um, – that was at um, P- um, Phoenix Children's Hospital, and the second one, which is going towards the um, Scottish Rite Children's Hospital in Dallas, as well as the Tenderloin Recreation Center in San Francisco, which both of those donations will be happening later this month. I believe Scottish Rite will happen on the 29th, and Tenderloin happens on Halloween. So look for- look forward to that as well. Very yeah, good. Because- Very good. Dylan, anything you want to add about the billboard? Uh, um, it's going to be great. We can only do it if it uh, – another thing. We mentioned this on a few times, but there were some things that changed this time around with the billboard. So we went with the same company again because their only competitor to the original company didn't have anything nearly as close as the original company had. They made two changes that were fairly significant. The first one – was that they no longer allowed us to purchase a single billboard for a single four-month period – or sorry, four-week period. We could either have one billboard for an eighth-month period or two billboards for a four-month period. Both of those would have came out the same to the same, so we figured we might as well get the second billboard, especially because they are across the street from each other and facing each other, so we could do a lot more wordplay with them, them working off each other. The other thing that changed – was we cannot actually sign on the dotted line for the contract with the billboard until we have the funds. They're requiring us to pay the entirety of it up front, up front, meaning that we can't set, we can't lock in a date for when these two billboards will come up. We are tentatively planning for January. We would like to get it done by January, but if another person in between from now and to when we fund decides that they want to put up a billboard in that location in January, we have to do it in February. And, and if someone does in February, then, then so on and so on. So the sooner that funds, the sooner we can sign that contract and lock in exactly lock in that slot and exactly when the billboard's going to come up. Fantastic. We will get this done. We will fund this billboard, these billboards. And tell Lucasfilm that we want more legends. But please, help fund this billboard. Because this is how we get back legends. Not by infighting. Should we ta- discuss this? Not by... <laughs> I thought you were going to be... This is how we get back legends. Not by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. <laughs> No, 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 I'm not going to go that bad, no. I can't believe I have, I've never seen that movie and I know that. Because that that line is, it's prequel dialogue right there. Mm. That That is George Lucas, that's up there with the I don't like sand in my book. Ah. Which, 
<laughs> but I don't like sand has almost reached like a point of like a point of like it's good ironically <laughs> I, at this point. I think that the the saving what we love will get there in like twenty years. So Attack mm. of the Clones is almost twenty, which is weird to think about. Two thousand oh man, it's gonna be <sighs> Thanks for making me feel old. And you think I'm older than you. Not by much, but... This is completely off topic, but I just need to get this... I just need to, to vent about this. I was on a Discord chat the other day with this kid who was born in the... He he was born in 2000, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, a Gen Zer, a Zoomer, whatever you want to call it. And he was trying to download a GIMP, which is like a, a, um, a photo editing software, and he didn't know how to do it. Like, he didn't know how to download something through a browser. What? So we were trying to explain this to him, and we were like, I just send us screenshots. And, like, he was like, how do I do that? No. And I think I found someone, like, more... I think I found finally found someone that is more technology... Uh... uh more, and there's worse at technology than Matt Wilkins. Matt, Matt, I'm sorry. I, that, that's the one thing we can ding Matt for is every time we'll go a little inside baseball with this. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before, but back when we used to do Google Hangouts, it was such a pain to get Matt on the Hangout because he gets so confused. I'm like... It's literally like click the link and click the thing there, and then you, you're you're in. So, and there was the whole why can't we do this through Skype? And it's like now we do it through Skype, which is not preferred. We're gonna have to find yeah. another way of doing this. Actually, Dylan's gonna have to get a new mic. Man, actually, I I'll t- I'll tell you what. Let's be. I'll be honest with you. I like the sound of this mic more than the last one. Mm, good, because the last one... <laughs> the, last the last one, one was one. really bad. Not as bad as Brian's last one. Brian takes the cake of having the worst audio on a Legends podcast besides me when I use the uh, built-in microphone on my MacBook Pro and recorded both our audio through that. Do you remember that episode? Ah. Uh. That was a hideous one. Yeah, no. We aren't doing that again. I actually have new equipment, which is why it's taken so long to release an, an episode of Legends. And yeah. so, so far, I kind of like the setup we have. We just need to... I don't know, maybe I should actually get on Discord. Yeah, it's nice. I had a Discord, but it was back when Discord was, like, garbage. Mm. So, yeah. It still is, but it's, like, better than Skype at this point. Yeah, that's what everyone's telling me. Uh, plus, there's certain people who don't have Skype but have Discord. Mm. And I'm wondering if doing it... Does Discord have video chats? Yeah, Discord has video chat. You'd have to, you'd have to like, actually... You can't do, like, a video chat in a server, but you can do one... Um, you can do one in, like, a private call, and you can have, like, multiple people on a video chat. In a private call. That's a, you know, we might have to do that next time. In, in our quarterly podcast. 
So around Christmas. <laughs> next one of these episodes comes out. Or hell, this one will come out during Christmas and th- it'll be for nothing. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, I... No, this one, I'm going to edit this tonight and upload it because see, it's a whole process when I have to take it through our podcast sharing site and then they upload it themselves to the various places that you can listen to this podcast, which would be iTunes and Google Play right now. But we're working on getting this on Spotify. So that's hmm. that's an update on uh, sharing my podcasts. Very fun. Um, God, do we want to talk about this drama? We have a little bit. Uh, sure. You know more than I do. Cause I didn't bother with that 80, 80 year podcast that they've recorded. Oh, so a group of individuals led by, um, do I don't even want to name names. I don't, I don't even know who they're led by at this point. That's a good question, actually. I don't know either. Um, But a group of individuals made this three-and-a-half-hour podcast that I talked about on The Last Can Rant. So if you haven't seen The Last Can Rant, then I'm shocked because it's my most viewed video in months. Like, getting all sorts of views over that. Um, uh, Go check it out. I think I did a really good job. I was actually... A lot. I bet was told I was a lot nicer than I usually am on those. Um, but a certain individual has just commented in the last couple hours with absolute nonsense and uh, saying that I will take the fall for Matt Wilkins. Mm. And you know who you are. We will have a discussion, the two of us, will, and we will get to the bottom of this because I don't think anyone's taking the fall for anyone, quite frankly. But there's a whole bunch of hatred because I guess Matt Wilkins can't talk to the fandom menace. Anyone associated with the fandom menace. I, I that, That's... Basically what I've gotten from it. Yeah. And also that Matt has to have time to talk to every single one of his viewers. Even though he has 4,000 subscribers. And if he just mildly, like, doesn't get to your comment, uh, it's okay to harass him until he pays attention to you. There's all these... This is the thing that I was getting at the other night that really pissed me off was that it's okay to act up and be rude unless you act up and are rude to these people. And that that's not acceptable. I mean, the people are talking shit about me because I don't agree with these people and quite frankly, I don't give a flying fuck, but we all know that. It's I, that comes with the territory of doing a can rant with someone. So yeah, mm. it is what it is. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe we won't. Who knows? I'm up for discussion though. 
I will give you the time of day, and you know this, that I will give you time of day to discuss stuff. And if you want to broadcast it on your channel, then by all means, we'll, we'll do that. But I digress. What are you reading, Dylan? I'm reading Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader. Um, the book we... where it takes 50 pages to get to where Darth Vader shows up. <laughs> Dylan, what have you read the last three months? Oh my gosh. I finished True Colors. <laughs> it was a Karen Travis book. It was very it Karen was good. Travis. It was good until until it wasn't, and then it was got good again, and then it, then it wasn't again. <laughs> Actually, you know something I've noticed with Karen Travis's writing? What's that? She's, I don't know what this is called, but she'll write a scene where there's like, there's like five, like four or five characters, right? And she'll establish the scene, these four or five characters that, that are in the room. And then two characters will go off and have a conversation and they'll have a conversation about something that like the other three characters don't know about. And you're like, oh shoot, they're, they're talking about this thing in front of these other three characters that don't know about this thing. But then you find out, oh no, those characters, they'd like walked away or something. They're in like another room or something. But she didn't, like, state that. So you think – so you're reading it, and you think, wait, those three guys are still in the room. Why are you talking about this? It's called bad blocking. Yeah. Um, that's that's the only that term. Happening. That's the only term I can think of is to look at it from a filmi- filmmaker's perspective. Is you go- Even when you're writing something that isn't super visual, you need to block out the scene. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing. What do you yeah, read after that? After that, I read the MedStar duology. How was that? Um, really good, actually. Mm-hmm. A lot better than I thought it was going to be. I was um, kind of surprised. And the pseudo Jax Pavin, um, what is it, like a tetralogy? There's like five or six of them. Four. Hexology. Four. There's Are you four talking about Coruscant Knights? Well, no, because it starts with Shadowhunter, and then the MedStar are also a part of it. But Jax isn't in um, Shadowhunter that much. I wouldn't count it. But um, the uh, his, his father, father is, is, and the uh, the droid is. Oh, shoot, what's the droid? I-5. Name? I-5 is in it. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, and it goes through MedStar. Is Jax in MedStar? He isn't in MedStar? Well... I can't. I kind of see where this is going, having only read three of them. That MedStar reintroduces the. Uh, so Lauren Pavin had, um, shoot, E five was his, was the name. I five. I five. In Shadowhunter, in the end of Shadowhunter, he sends Shadowhunter. He sends I five away and basically sacrifices himself, and was like, "Go find my son," and then. Fast forward to MedStar, and I five is on this, um, is in the middle of the, uh, is on like uh, on this planet with this part of the uh, part of the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, he meets a reporter that is saying, "Yeah, I can take you to the temple," and that's how that ends. And so I'm assuming the next one in it is going to be I five, and they're reuniting, and yeah, yeah, because Coruscant Knights is what's next, um, which I I have to warn you. Is not that good. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, quite honestly. Because after, after Dark Lord, I have Imperial Commando, 
which I am excited about just to kind of end the Karen it, it, Travis I'm invested suffering. in the story. Just some of the characters make stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. And then... So anyway, there was Dark Rendezvous was next. And yeah, that was the only that... Yoda book. Yeah. It didn't have a lot of Yoda in it. For something called Yoda Dark Rendezvous? I mean, I mean, he was in it, but, like, we got Yoda, but we didn't get, like, um, third-person limited Yoda. Well, I mean, like, there's not a lot that people are allowed to write about Yoda. Yeah. The fact that it even got made is a remarkable. Though it did have a... It did have a relv... Uh, I don't. Have you read Dark Rendezvous? No, I have not. I just actually a, got it in hardcover recently. It has a really, um, it has a really subtle, uh, but like, it has a really subtle thing that happens in it that is both a foreshadowing and a direct uh, reference to something that's going to happen that happens in Revenge of the Sith. Well, I know what happens in. Yoda Dark Rendezvous because it's really referenced in Labyrinth of Evil? Mm-hmm. Uh, not with that. That is mentioned in Labyrinth of Evil, but there's another thing that happens that, like, when you... Um, it happens, and then when you read Revenge of the Sith, you're like, oh, cool. That was set up. That was... Okay. <laughs> Good to know. I will read Yoda Dark Rendezvous before I read Revenge and it's of the Sith. Ob- if it's really ob- obvious to what it happens, okay. it's like, oh, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be what happens. And, okay. Good to know. Um, but yeah, Labyrinth of Evil was interesting. Mainly because I'm so familiar with the Clone Wars micro series, so it was interesting to see how the two were just trying to get those contradictions. Yeah, there's a lot more of them than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I prefer Labyrinth of Evil over Jinji Tartoski's Clone Wars because I just recently watched all of the Siege of Coruscant stuff from Jinji mm-hmm. Tartoski's Clone Wars, which it's fun, but and you have some really cool moments with uh, Mace Windu and Yoda, but they're so over the top and very Jinji Tartoski. It's nice that um, um, it's nice the way it plays out in Labyrinth of Evil. Yeah. I'm assuming you're the reverse of that. I think I prefer the Clone Wars micro-series when it comes to what was happening with Anakin and Obi-Wan and Labyrinth of Evil with with what was happening on Coruscant. Yeah, the Anakin and Obi-Wan stuff is kind of tedious. It's a waste of time, honestly. Yeah. And I also know that's the point, that they're trying to keep them away from... Or that's the point of the book, is that they're trying to keep Anakin and Obi-Wan away from Coruscant during the attack, so they're trying to waste their time. Mm-hmm. I get that that's the point, but it's still a waste of time. <laughs> what did you think of... Um, we're, can we get into really heavy spoilers with Labyrinth of Evil here? Uh, spoilers. We're going to talk about Labyrinth of Evil. Okay, go for it. What did you think of... Uh, at least I interpreted it this way, that Dooku had plans for Anakin to be his apprentice and to overthrow Sidious. Hmm. Um, it's very subtle at the end, but um, I thought that that was an interesting angle. Yeah, it was because I, 
I didn't think Goku was capable of that. Because especially comparing that Dooku to Revenge of the Sith Dooku, where he seemed quite content being the the being the um, apprentice, mm-hmm. that and um, I think he knew this as well. He was way too old to be an apprentice. Yes, because if he he would have had to if he because he was like what eighty nine pushing ninety in universe. He would have had to kill Sidious, take on an. Actually, no. It would Anakin would have made sense because he couldn't take on an. He would have to take on an apprentice that was already a full fledged trained Jedi. Because mm-hmm. then all he would have to do is teach him the dark side, and someone young. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, it makes perfect sense to me because I mean I always thought that Ventress would have been if Dooku was powerful enough. He and Ventress could have overthrown, eventually overthrown, yeah, um, Sidious. But over after all of her failures, he throw he casts her aside in uh, obsession. Yeah, that's the big problem. Is Sidious would definitely need whoever the apprentice is to help him overthrow Sid. Sorry, not Sidious. Dooku would have needed whoever his apprentice was to help him overthrow Sidious because <laughs> he could not do it on his own. Yeah. He was way out of his league. Yes. I mean, the dude was an incredible duelist, um, which I've always thought, um, especially after reading Attack of the Clones, if I can just jump real quickly into that, um, he is one of the best duelists the Jedi have had in a thousand years. Mm-hmm. But Sidious is far better than him because Sidious is like the greatest duelist of all time. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not only that, but Sidious just has like Sidious. I would say is second to Vitiate in the most powerful dark side force user in galactic history. Yeah. And that's only because Vitiate is only ahead of him because he is literally a more an immortal being that sucked the life forces of like, and like the power of like hundreds of other Sith Lords in order to get to where he is. He was just literally the embodiment of a void. Yeah. And Palpatine is second to that. Mm-hmm. And I think if the Empire had continued longer and Luke had failed, he would have become that. Or something like that. But I digress. Um, Labyrinth of Evil is awesome. Yeah. Uh, So then you read Revenge of the Sith after that, I'm assuming? Mm Mm-hmm. How'd you like it? I liked it. I liked it a lot more than you did. I didn't much care for – I like the beginning intro with, like, the uh, – I like that beginning thing, and I kind of liked the um, interludes of, like, this is, like, Obi-Wan, like, parts. This is, like, Anakin. This is Dooku. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that first Battle of Coruscant stuff I felt was a little too long. Oh, yeah. Everything takes an eternity in Revenge of the Sith. But as soon as the Battle of Coruscant is – it's over, it's – so much better. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to... It's been so long since I read Revenge of the Sith. I mean, it's been like 10 years at least since I, I read that one. 
so it's not fresh in my mind. I remember liking the um, final duel between Anakin and Obi Wan in it, mm-hmm. and the thought processes or the thought processes going on. Um, but yeah, I don't remember a whole lot of it, except for it was there were times when it was just drawn out and tedious when it was like the space battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting reading it because having already read um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones where they took a lot of the same dialogue. So like – so you could watch it and you're like – you or you could read it and you're like – you could almost like – you knew like the lines that were coming up. Mm-hmm. Whereas Revenge of the Sith did – I don't think they took like – No, the dialogue's very different. And I liked that because they kind of explains more. But I also was like, ah, oh, but but Revenge of the Sith is also so meme worthy. So I was like, ah, oh, man, they didn't say that line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, over time, it just got more and more. I mean, like in episodes one and two, they do do some of that where they do take they do change lines up. Mm-hmm. In Phantom Menace, I found they did it a little more than Attack of the Clones. Um. Because some of Anakin's dialogue is really clunky in Phantom Menace, and it's changed. Because it's changed in the novel because, you know, you don't have to worry about a child actor. Mm-hmm. And it's more dialogue-driven between him and Padme in the book than it is in the the film. But, yeah, your Attack of the Clones is almost the same. Um... But then you read Order 66. Yeah. How is that going from the epic Revenge of the Sith to Karen Travis talking about Karen Travis characters? Uh, it was all right. Because, again, I don't have a problem with the overall story. I just have a problem with the decisions a lot of the characters have made throughout it. Is the pacing... Affected because I'm assuming you're coming off of a real big high with Revenge of the Sith, obviously, and then going into some. I wouldn't say it was a step down. Okay, because I was in. I was definitely into it when I was reading it. Mm-hmm. But that novel is also infuriating to read mm-hmm. because, especially even if you haven't read, even if I hadn't just read Revenge of the Sith, I've still seen Revenge of the Sith. I still know Order 66 is coming, and the book is called Order 66. So Cal constantly going going through like the entire – Cal goes the entire book like, don't worry. We're going to get off Coruscant in like a week. <laughs> and events keep happening that are getting you closer and closer to Order 66, and you're like, get out now. Get out now while you can before it's too late. You idiot. You need to leave now. Who cares if they're not there? You can get them later. Just get out now. Mm-hmm. And kind of spoilers, but not really. I won't say who, but there are definitely people who don't get out because they took too long. Yep. And that's going to continue into 501st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is where a lot of people are huge fans of that series. And I can't imagine how irritating it's going to be for me when I get there. Because I've the last one I read was Triple Zero, and I did not like Triple Zero that much. Well, the Triple Zero is just infuriating because there's some really awesome moments in Triple Zero. I mean, the climax where they're hunting the terrorists down, 
Mm-hmm. Some oh, of the, that's great. It was some of the best Mandalorian action ever put in a novel. All the all the action, all the stuff with Cal and him like looking out for his clones and like the clone stuff is great. Uh-huh. It's literally anytime Eaton shows up and it's all the drama of like Eaton, oh I have a kid and all that, that's when it's like why? But the other Jedi I always found he was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Now there is a bit of a contradiction that I found. We talked about this a couple days ago when we talked about when we talked for the first time since the last podcast. That wasn't over Messenger, yeah. Yeah. In that it's heavily insinuated that, well, throughout, there's kind of a through line throughout these that Cal and the, um, and the, uh, the Nulls have been noticing that there's a lot of money going off in weird places for a lot of ships that they're not seeing and a lot of clones that aren't coming in from non-communal sources mm-hmm. and it's and those clones do show up in order 66 and it's heavily implied that they are not from Camino they are not cloned at Camino and it's heavily implied that the 501st is of those non-communal bred clones yeah yeah I don't know which is it doesn't make sense to me yeah. I think it contradicts a lot of other things. But, yeah, huh. Karen Travis doing Karen Travis things. I mean, if we're if we're wrong, because I haven't read Imperial Commando and they, they cleared that up in Imperial Commando, then, like, I guess let us know without spoiling, but, you know, let us know that, like, yeah, that's not how it happens. Keep reading. Or if it wasn't cleared up in Imperial Commando, it may have been cleared up in the book that never happened. Yeah. But at the moment, that's looking like a continuity error. Mm-hmm. And then I got to Kenobi, which I was told was good, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it was going to be that good. Dude, it's one of the best. It's such a strange way of writing a Star Wars book, too. Yeah. It's a Western. I loved it. Um,. But we've talked about that numerous times. There's a review on this channel of it, too. Hint, hint, go check it out. But uh, what'd you think of Kenobi? It was great. Um, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. I think it's in that Plagueis level of, like, standalone novels that are just, like, above and beyond anything else. Like Plagueis, Legacy, The Force, Invincible, the Darth Bane trilogy. I'd put it up. I'd put it like uh, the Unifying Force. I'd put it in that like tier of like good Star Wars book, like the truly greats. Would you say it's the best thing John Jackson Miller's ever written? Easily. <laughs> it, that's not even a contest. Even over Kotor the comic. Kotor comics, yes. The yeah. Kotor comics had a lot of comedy, but this had a lot more than just comedy. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like the perfect way. Um, I'm going to be talking, uh, comparing <clears throat> this to the only other one of his novels I've re- read was A New Dawn, which is new canon, uh, mm-hmm. which is I've also I found was pretty good. This uh, Kenobi's just a tier. Yeah, like it's just incredible. This is an incredible story. Um, I don't think I had anything negative to say about Kenobi. Um, because it actually ties up 
uh, a continuity error with the Marvel comics, which I thought was really cool with uh, the Mosep Benid character showing up, mm-hmm. who was Jabba the Hutt. Or should we say Jabba's accountant? Yeah, I, I like how crazy it gets at the end, but Obi-Wan's still uh, able to help. And, yeah, it's it's good. It's a good story. Yeah. And now you're in Dark Ward. Which is okay. I can see where it's going. The book and... that wasn't even supposed to be about Darth Vader. Yeah, but he's he's there. I mean, he's in the title. <laughs> he doesn't show up till fifty pages. It's like multiple chapters too. It's it's called Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader, and like you're on like a planet, you're on like a pla- a planet in like one of the outer room sieges with like three Jedi, and uh, a bunch of uh, a commando team and like um, an arc trooper, and that's like the first fifty pages of this Darth Vader book. Yeah. Would you say this happens before or after Purge? It's... So far, I think it's uh, before. Okay. Because one thing that happened... They had the uh, they had the whole uh, Outer Rim siege, and they had, like, Order 66 happened, and, like, the um, those Jedi got away mm-hmm. and, like, escaped. And then, like, it fast-forwarded four weeks... Or sorry, a month. And what happened was uh, the four commandos. This is like happens in like the first bit, so not really a spoiler. The four commandos basically helped the three Jedi get away because they were gonna am because the uh, clone troopers were gonna ambush them, and the commandos set a bunch of charges to basically like EMP like the uh, the clone troopers so that they would be stunned long enough that they could tell the Jedi it's a trap, run. And they did. So Vader goes to the planet with the four commandos in order to uh, – Palpatine tells him to go to the planet to to uh, basically punish the four commandos for tr- for turning on them. And the reason why I think it happens before Purge is because he asks what about the missing Jedi, and Palpatine kind of hesitates for a bit and is like, if you find him, you can kill him essentially. Mm, okay. But that's not like your objective. And then the book is, um, so far, just him hunting down those uh, three Jedi. Okay, cool, cool. Is that all you've been reading? <laughs> that all? That's eight books I know. in three months. God, we gotta talk about what I've been reading. Go for it. God, so, it's no secret, I've said it numerous times, this is some of the worst Star Wars reading I've done. The has happened in the last year. Um, I finished the second Thrawn trilogy. So we'll, we'll start with that. Well, actually, do I want to... Yeah, I'll start with Thrawn Trees, and I don't want to talk about Alphabet Squadron. I talked about that enough in my review, and I never want to talk about that book again, and I don't think I will read the sequel. It was that bad. But um, Thrawn Treason was okay. But this whole calling this the second Thrawn trilogy or the new canon Thrawn trilogy, I think is mislabeling because they don't really feel like a trilogy of books. Whereas Air of the Empire, Dark Force, Rising of the Last Command all feel like 
a trilogy of books. Like, they feel like a sequel trilogy to Star Wars, you know? But this, it's just like... It's just to tie into Rebels. That's what it feels like. That's what all three of these books feel like. Is The first one's establishing who Thrawn is. The second one is to establish what happened between Seasons 3 and 4 in Rebels. And this book is to establish what Thrawn was doing in the middle of Season 4 of Rebels. Nothing really feels right with the book. Like, overall, the overarching thing, it ends with Palpatine's trap for the season finale of Rebels for Ezra. And it just felt tacked on. Anytime, like, there was references to Rebels, it just felt tacked on. And I didn't care for it. Uh, Overall, it was an okay story. It was better than Thrawn Alliances. But I would not recommend it. Seems like Zahn was phoning it in. Mm. Uh, next, uh, I read Black Spire, and I have a lot to say about this. Oh, here we go. Um, Black Spire is written by Delilah S. Dawson, and it is to market, and I want to stress this, it is to, to market the Disneyland Galaxy's Edge Black Spire Outpost portion of the Disneyland Park. It's obvious by the title. Um, and, you know, Disneyland is for children, correct? Last I checked, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, for, it's for kids. It's for kids to have fun. Why in a book that is marketed towards promoting this outpost do we have graphic torture in which our protagonist gets a hot poker shoved up her tear duct? Or nearly gets her eyelid cut off. It's just one of the most disgusting Star Wars books I've ever read. And, like, I don't get why. It's, like, graphic for the sake of graphic. Like, it added nothing to the story. Except for for the First Order is bad. We, We already know that. You can tell that by Force Awakens when they blew up a whole star system of planets like come on um otherwise it's the same characters from the captain phasma book and with the exception of captain phasma of course it's vimarati and archex aka captain cardinal and they're just as boring as they've been before and it's not a good book but um, I just I just hmm. don't get why the new canon has to be so graphic. I get that Star Wars had some very dark moments in the EU, <clears throat> but we got and I, this I noticed this starting with the second aftermath book that like the the sexual undertones are are upped for no real reason other than they need to put something in there. I mean we had. In Aftermath Life Debt, we had Interspecies Erotica, followed by Therapy Ewoks, and then followed by one of the main characters getting his eye ripped out of the socket. I mean, it's disgusting. And it's just been like that ever since. I don't like it. I don't like 
porno in my Star Wars, and I don't like graphic torture for the sake of torture. Just write a better book. Hmm. So Delilah Johnson, Dawson, then, is simultaneously Joe Schreiber and Troy Denning? Yeah. I mean, are you talking about the porno stuff with Troy Denning and the seduction of Ben by a 30-year-old woman? Yeah. There was also, uh, in Tatooine Ghost, he apparently heavily implied uh, when the twins were conceived. I mean, I guess. uh, There's not a whole lot of, like, sexual undertones in Black Spire. Mm. But in Chuck Wendig's books, yeah, I would agree. Mm. But hey, he's banned. Well, we've talked about two banned authors on this podcast. Yeah, we've talked about the two banned authors on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But I'll move on to some Legends material. How does that sound for a podcast called Star Wars Legends? (laughs) I read. I finished the Old Republic MMO tie-in novels with Annihilation, and which that also had graphic torture in it. It wasn't as graphic, but I liked it. I think it's my favorite of the Old Republic novels that didn't have Darth Bane in the title. It's the hmm. most Star Wars feeling. Old Republic novel. I mean, it feels like classic Star Wars. They're destroying a super weapon and stuff, but it has like its own little twists and turns with the main character. I liked all the characters in it too. I like that Satil Shan is actually more of a predominant role, but isn't the main character. It's her son. And, and he was pretty cool. Uh, his, uh, the Twi'lek that he keeps helping out, she was pretty cool too. She's from, they had a comic or something. It was one of those, uh, web comics that Dark Horse made into a comic book series. I remember that. That's a precursor I think, to this. I think, because I don't actually play Swator, but I think she's one of the companions you can, you can have on, in the game. Oh, really? I think so. Um, she's fun. Uh, the one negative thing I have is that we're just told what happened to Malgus. Yeah. I would have loved to have a novel with the fall of Darth Malgus because he's, he's, he has so many twists in his character and deceived, and that's never brought up again. At least in novel form. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Annihilation was pretty good. What were you going to say? I was going to say, maybe it was in that um, Old Republic comic cast grab that no one read. I read one of them. I read the issues four through six, which was put in volume one, and I hated it back in the day. But I had the other two because I had everything, but I just never read them. Hmm. I wonder if, uh, well, well, we'll get to that in a moment. I sound like a certain someone. That was in a, a certain three-and-a-half-hour podcast. Yeah, you're literally him right now. Literally. Literally? Literally. 
Dude, I got I just got fucking shit talk for making fun of that on the can rant, and I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's see here. Um, after Annihilation, I read a Clone Wars novel, which I haven't read a Clone Wars novel in a while, and I read by mistake Star Wars: The Clone Wars Gambit Stealth, and I just finished it. And it kind of sucks, but it's kind of yeah. awesome at the same time. I don't know. I'm reading Siege right now, and I'm not liking Siege at all. I'm very bored with it. Yeah. Uh, in, in the Gambit duology, Obi-Wan and Anakin are secret agents on a planet to stop a- Admiral... Lockdurd is making a bioweapon. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't get why it had to be Anakin and Obi-Wan. Dylan and I talked about this uh, yesterday, but it's like, I don't understand why them when it's such a mess of a timeline in this era of Star Wars, why did it have to be Obi-Wan and Anakin? You, you know, I'm looking at my bookshelf, and I'm looking at the Clone Wars era, and I wonder if the reason the Republic Commando is so loved is because it the rest of the Clone Wars era is so terrible. Are you just talking novels? Novels, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's that. It's like the Clone Wars stuff... Um, the TCW stuff, so like the two uh, uh, duologies, which are only in like trade paperback. Oh no, 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 my likes. dude! Can, I should t- have I told you about the Sentry printings of those? Do they have them in normal mass market paperback size? They have them in hardcover. Hardcover, yeah. I don't do hardcovers. I know you don't do hardcover. Oh yeah, they're that weird oversized paperback that now yeah. is common with the new canon. Yeah, that was how they... I forgot they were released that way. That's something there, I should talk about. There's such an eyesore on my bookshelf because of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's those. It's Shatterpoint, which, like, no one likes. Seth's Deception and Jedi Trial, which no one talks about ever. Medstar. Medstar, which is okay. Rendezvous, which is okay. But then those are... And Labyrinth of Evil. But that's more of a tie-in novel with Revenge of the Sith than it is, like, a Clone Wars novel. Yeah, I th- because back in the day, I think Clone Wars was dominated by Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. And all the Dark Horse stuff is, like, solid. Well, almost all of it's solid. Because they made so much of it. Once again, it got oversaturated. But, I mean, back back when it, it was the multimedia project before Revenge of the Sith, the, the comics dominated. Back in the good old days... Back in the good old days, which they're reprinting a lot of it. I'm very happy with this. Um, let's see. They're getting reprinted in Republic. The Republic, right? Volumes, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they're they reprinting other things, too. Like, uh, Darth Maul, Son of Dalthamir got reprinted. Not Son of Dalthamir. Well, yeah, that got reprinted separately, but it doesn't even have a Legends banner on it because it's considered new canon as well. It has that weird distinction of its... Considered by the story group to be both canon. The epic collections are in... They do them in chronological order, right? That's why they jump from series? 
Yes. So they do it by era and then they do chronological order from the starting point in the era. So they have their, their main three they started with was rise of the Sith, which is pre Phantom Menace stuff. The old mm-hmm. Republic, which starts with Knights of the old Republic for some reason, for, for some reason, I guess if they, when they do, and I think it's a, when at this point, when they, um, release tales of the Jedi, they want it to be called tales of the Jedi. What if they're going to do Dawn? They're going to start with Dawn of the Jedi, and that's when they're going to... Well, they would just call that Dawn of the Jedi. No, because Dawn of the Jedi is only 18 issues. It would that's fit one epic... A... It would fit one epic collection. They would just do a small one. Probably. No, they would start with Dawn of the Jedi, and then go from Dawn of the Jedi to Tales of the Jedi. Ugh, maybe. In order to... Again, because it would be a part of one series... Almost to kind of like sell more Dawn of the Jedi because people would need it to have the Tales of the Jedi like collection done. They'd put like the first like maybe like the first few issues of like the hyperspace war and like the last one of the. They would put the. They're good about not splitting up miniseries. Okay. So they would put all of um, Golden Age of the Sith in there. They might, um, honestly, they probably put Golden Age of the Sith and Fall of the Sith Empire in there because those are so short they're short but they're also like not very important to the main tales of the jedi story so they'll put those they'll partner those off with the dawn of the jedi book and then and then they'll they'll, just do tales of the jedi for the rest like a volume two volume two do you think could they fit the rest of that in volume two with redemption they might i don't know um because I have two of the volumes. I've bought two of the Marvel Epic collections recently. I have Rise of the Sith. Let me here. Let me pull that down here real quick. Give me a minute. Riveting conversation. <laughs> this is all getting edited out. I can say whatever I want right now. Uh. Um. Uh, Red Harvest is a good book. Um, Snake hey. kills Dumbledore. Uh, I'm here. What? what are you talking about? Uh, nothing. Okay. So, Rise of the Sith has Jedi the Dark Side, all five issues of that. Qui-Gon mm-hmm. Obi-Wan on the Orient Express, which was two issues. Qui-Gon and Orion... And Orion... <laughs> And Obi-Wan, Last Stand on Ord Mantell, uh, one th- issues one through three. Jedi Council Acts of War, which is issues one through four. And then material from Star Wars Tales, uh, issues one, three, four, five, seven, nine, ten, thirteen, fourteen, and twenty-four. And also material from Star Wars is issues four through six, which is Val, Val of Justice, which talks about the backstory of Keanu Moody. You're the comic guy. Mm-hmm. When, what comic was the uh, was when the Jedi came in and destroyed Jango's army of, of Mandalorians? Jango fed open seasons issue three. That was open seasons. Okay. Yeah, and specifically, it's Count Dooku. It was Count Dooku. Okay. Yes, that's how he they knew about Jango. Because he meant it was mentioned a lot in the last two Republic Commando books, and I was wondering, like, um, 
Before I got to, I, I was figuring that before I, as soon as I finished Dark Lord, I should read whatever comic, um, whatever arc that is. Yeah, it's open seasons. Highly recommend it. It's one of the best miniseries from Dark Horse. But um, I mean, like the Empire comics, um, which it starts with Dark. It's I think it starts with Purge, and then it goes through all of Dark Times. I mean, right now they're on like it's the longest running of the volumes of these uh these Marvel Epic collections. They're on the Droids Dark Horse stuff. Hmm. Like they just printed all of the Droid stuff, which I think is weird. But they're just printing everything. Uh, the uh, Rebellion. Uh, they printed all of that awful Brian Wood series, all twenty issues of that. Hmm. And they, they've been uh, printing the Empire comics, uh, the New Republic volumes, which I'm most interested in right now for collecting, because I want to read some of that again. Uh, it actually starts with Mara J by the Emperor's Hand, and also collects Shadows of the Empire Evolutions. And then volume two and three are all of X-Wing Rogue Squadron, the comic series. And I think the last volume, I think it was volume four or five, uh, reprinted when they adapted Timothy Zahn's uh, Thrawn trilogy to comic form. When um, does that also have uh, Jedi Academy Leviathan? Because that has not been printed yet. I think that will be in the next one when they do that. They'll probably do that in Dark Empire. That Dark Empire and I guess Crimson what, Empire would be Crimson Empire and Union. That's all that's left, I guess. I think they'll go through New Jedi Order with it because that way you get Chewbacca and then all of Invasion, and then that would bring it up because they're doing Legacy right now, and that would tie the Dark Horse stuff to Legacy. So would they do? Would they do Union with New Jedi Order or with uh, the last New, uh, New Republic? Wherever volume? it fits. <laughs> this is what it seems like because they're also throwing every tale story in chronological order which oh, is really draw um it's really um jarring with the i started reading rise of the sith volume one and it's just really terrible mace windu tale stories in the beginning mm. um it's they're tedious sometimes but it's nice to have everything in chronological order it's it, all the uh it, canon ones right yeah, as far as I can tell. I mean, some of those tales are iffy, but it's what they're considering canon. It's like they watched Matt's videos, <laughs> and they, like someone at Dark Horse who's in control of these epic collections, because it's not like they just do these with Star Wars. They do them with all of the Marvel heroes have epic collections. It's the new way they print things so that they're affordable and paperback. Because they were doing, they still do them, the those gigantic omnibuses that are in hardcover like they did with the original Marvel series. Mm -hmm. But now they're printing those in the epic collection size. Uh, they're printing the newspaper strips in the epic collection size. Um, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool format. Uh, they've, the only one I've seen up for pre-order right now is they're doing a Clone Wars Volume 3, but the listing on Amazon has the um, issues from Menace. It's not Menace Revealed. It's, it's, I think it's Menace Revealed, the, the Dark Horse Omnibus. They've combined, made into two epic collections, but they've also took the stuff from Emissaries and Assassins, or it could be reversed. 
Because hmm. the uh, Dark Horse, the problem with the dark, just reprinting the Dark Horse omnibuses is they don't have everything. Like things like Jedi the Dark Side, which is the Qui-Gon Jinn five-issue series that got canceled. That, um... That was, uh, sorry, I just got a text from my mother. <laughs> um, that has that's him and Xanatos, and it's some some of the last uh, Jedi like uh, Star Wars stuff. Which I think that series is actually pretty decent. It's nice. It's a good lead up to Jedi Apprentice because Xanatos is actually like a villain throughout that series. Hmm. Which he's actually referenced in Darth Plagueis, <clears throat> too. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because Dooku talks about his failures. He feel he's not happy with the order. But uh, yeah, um, I. That's pretty much. It. I mean, currently I'm reading Darth Maul Shadow Hunter. I'm about halfway through that. I started. Outbound Flight. I'm on Siege right now. I just... I also finished Attack of the Clones. It was okay. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. For me. Uh, do we want to do questions? Might as well. Yeah, okay. So, let me pull that up here. And then... I've got my uh, Dark Horse app out, looking for Jangle Fett Open Seasons. Um, it's in... If you're going through the Dark Horse... Do you have the Dark Horse Omnibuses? Like, is I, that how I you bought the them? I have, the, uh, I have the Mega Collection, so whatever they put it under. It's either going to be under Jangle Fett Open Seasons, or it's in Emissaries and Assassins. I'm almost certain of that. It's really good. It wouldn't be at the beginning, though. Which is... It's, like, in the middle of that omnibus. But I love... That... That series. A lot. We, but you know that. Rebellion, Quinlan Voss, Purge, Marge, Eight, Lost Tribe, Legacy, Knights, Air Knight, Aaron, Jedi Academy, Jedi. Wouldn't be a Jedi, would it? No. Anyway, questions. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Wouldn't be Infinities, Empires, Droids, Dawn of the Jedi, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, Dark Times maybe? No. no. Dark Empire, Crimson Empire, Clone Wars Venture, Clone Wars Chewbacca, Boba Fett, and Bounty Hunters. Oh, there it is. Jingle Fett Open Seasons. Yeah. Four volumes. I guess I'll just read them all. Four volume. It's four issues. Four issues, yeah. All I'm right. Downloading. I'll read them after the podcast. <laughs> so, questions. Uh, and thank you, Jedi Acolyte Twenty Six, for putting hashtag questions on there. It made it a lot easier to put this, bring these up. And if you have any questions, just comment on our YouTube uh, comment section and throw some questions at us. He's given us two. In the first question is, given your thoughts on the Clone Wars, do you feel that they should have used the series as a way to, uh, as a way of bringing certain characters slash groups into the 
the more public Star Wars limelight instead of what we got from Filoni and if it followed the EU without stepping on it. Um, for example, Coda's Militia, um, Siritachi, uh, just, he just names off some examples. Yeah, the problem with that would just be Again, the people running the Clone War, the people at the head of the Clone Wars, I don't think would have, they would have introduced those characters, but they wouldn't have done it in a way that's consistent with what we know about those characters. Not only like their characterization, but like um, contradictions for what they were doing when. For example, like they could put Quinlan Voss in a story where like he's uh, fighting in like an Outer Rim Siege or something when like timeline wise he's supposed to be in like an agent of Count Dooku, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I don't know. That would be my that would be my concern with them having done that. It's bad so, example because they did ruin Quillman Voss. <laughs> they did. Um, the only good example of what you're saying, like it did happen, is. Which one of Karen? It's it's wild space that we have. Uh, Callistia shows up, right? Or is it no prisoners? No prisoners. No prisoners. Callistia shows up, and that explains the Callistia trilogy, kind of. And Elion shows up in No Prisoners as well. Yeah, but that's not the series in general. That's a spinoff of the series, so that's a little different. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just... I just wish that series was handled better. Yeah. Honestly, I, it's like with Stealth and Siege. I just... We didn't need to have Anakin and Obi-Wan in it constantly. But, yeah, I, digre- I digress. Uh, move on to the second question. Okay. Question two, do you think New Jedi Order was fine the way it was, including the Invasion comics, or do you feel that it should have been an ongoing comic series with a few novel tie-ins? I think the the problem with the Invasion comics is they came out too late. Mm-hmm. They came out after it was already over, so they introduced characters and subplots that weren't referenced within the entire rest of the series, especially considering that the Invasion comics happened so early on in New Jedi Order, and just to have these these big characters and these huge events just not referenced in any other um, New Jedi Order novel that happened after that is kind of jarring when you're going through it. I'll second that. Um, New Jedi Order was pretty much perfect, the way it's perfect the way it is in my opinion there's one book that i'd like to see it was the book that the who who wrote it that um that's referenced but never actually came out um i'd like to see that but other than that i don't think it needed to be more visual it's what we got visually is okay um I think that the fan art does uh, does the series justice enough. And, like, one example of one that did it well was Boba Fett, A Practical Man, which, yes, it took place. Yes, it was written in, like, um, 2006 would have been about 
three, four years after New Jedi Order ended. But it at least – in that case, it wasn't adding things. It was fixing things because in the Unifying Force, they noticed that there were Mandalorians that were also – that would have been quiet for most of the war that were also fighting the Yuzhan Vong. And they kind of didn't really, really go into any explanation about that. And then Boba Fett comes in and has this story – or the Practical Man comes in and has a story explaining what that was. So because there's that tie-in with the it, – because it explains something that wasn't explained in the original New Jedi Order, that was fine coming afterwards to do it. I wish that Invasion had done that or – it had anchors in the rest of the New Jedi Order that it, that it could have built off of, so there wasn't that disconnect of reading. I'm reading New Jedi Order, and now I'm reading this thing that feels completely different from New Jedi Order. <clears throat> anyway. I'm sorry, I just got... For those of you who don't know, um, in the comments section on my can rant... Uh, I have finally oh, no. riled up some of the people that were bo either in this the podcast we've been joking about or were in the comment section because I was commenting on all sorts of things because it was some of the most baffling uh, things I've actually seen on YouTube in years. Uh, just the behavior of people, I mean... A certain someone doesn't like when someone laughs at, um, laughs off someone getting bullied or something, or at least they claim that. But it's okay for him to call a woman an incel when he doesn't agree with what she says. That was literally the, and then when I came and agreed with her, not, I didn't defend her, I agreed with her statement I was shit on for agreeing with an in a quote unquote incel. <clears throat> How embarrassing! Do you want me to read some of these comments to you? No, no. <laughs> I I full on can't. It's just if not, I'm probably gonna do a video on these comments because it is embarrassing what these people are saying. Embarrassing to them. I think it's pretty funny, but. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no. Were that the two questions we had? That was it, dude. <clears throat> Very nice. Simple to the point. That's all, folks. All right. We'll see you next time on our quarterly podcast. Quarter. <laughs>